Father, we, we thank you for your presence. We thank you, Jesus, that you are with us, that you never forsake us, God. Your, your promise to us in Matthew 28 is that you'll never leave us nor forsake us. You will, you will be with us to the end of the age. And God, we thank you that you're here right now. And I pray, Lord God, that our hearts would be open to hear your word, to hear what your truth is saying. In Jesus' name, amen. So we've entitled the series Lead, and, uh, and I've kind of just taken what I would normally teach to deacons and to elders and potential leaders and say, well, actually, we all are potential leaders. We all, a lot of us find ourselves in leadership positions in the workplace, and if we, like Andre says, we're going to talk about the realities of life in church, like money, sex, we have to talk about stuff like leadership. That is so, imp- I remember Stala's dad, I think he's the leader of leaders. He, he kind of coughs and he just raises up leaders that plants churches. It's just, it's just his gift. And, uh, and I've learned a lot under him and other leaders. And I think we, as a church, as Andy is saying, we are growing and we're expanding. We need people to say, do you know what? I'm putting my hand up. I'm not going to look at the Isaiah call where Isaiah goes, here my Lord, send me. Normally the Dubai response I've seen is that here my Lord, send someone else. And uh, I want us to say that all of us, it has been the, the very nature of who we are as Christians is that we are leading people to something greater. We are, we are leading a, a society to a greater truth. We are, we, are, we are the carriers of the kingdom of God, whether we like it or not. So if you profess to be a Christian and you go to your workplace, you have to look like something different. You have to be pointing people to another space. We become worship leaders in our workplaces, I've spoken for before. I want to read you this great, great poem by a guy called George Little. It says, give me a man of God. When I say, I'm going to say a lot of man of God. It means woman of God as well, okay? So don't feel excluded. But we also need men to rise up. Thank you, Jesus. Um, give me a man of God, one man, whose faith is master of his mind, and I will right all wrongs and bless all mankind. Give me a man of God, one man, whose tongue is touched with heaven's fire, and I will flame the darkest hearts with high resolve and clean desire. Give me one man of God, one man, one mighty prophet of the Lord, and I'll give you peace on earth, bought with prayer and not a sword. Give me a man of God, one man, true to the vision that he sees, and I'll build your broken shires and bring nations to their knees. That's obviously British. Shires is a little town, am I right, Johnny? Not. A shire is some area, anyway. We're gonna, through the gospel, we're going to bring uh, the shires to their knees. That's from Lord of the Rings, eh? There's such a call on every Christian to stand up and lead. And for some reason, we've dimmed down the call of God. We've dimmed down... Uh, what it means to be a follower of Jesus, where we've kind of watered it down to a, a Friday or Sunday church experience where the preacher may get up and give a good word. We've got great worship and all of that's good. But that is not the main thing. We do this as a halftime show because you guys are going into the world to go and lead those who don't know Jesus to the light and to see a greater future. So they're ultimately not going to go to hell, but they're also going to see heaven breaking into their lives and see marriages restored. We've seen that in our church. Marriages restored, people saved. Their lives are going one direction. God brought them back. That is why we go out. That's why we have these meetings together. That's why we gather together because we're encouraging each other in community. We're not just eating some nice croissants and drinking coffee. 
we're actually here to, because we are, we are people on mission and we're all leaders. I just, as, as, I was prep, as I was preparing, I felt God drop into my heart that God's going to raise up spiritual giants in this house. He's going to raise up men and women who are going to be prophets, teachers, evangelists, business people, are going to go and advance the kingdom of God. And it simply starts, and I think Garth covered it so well two weeks ago. He says, just say yes. We're not perfect. God is, has a history of using broken and imperfect vessels. Stand up, be bold, and step into what God has called you to do. I remember my mom, she used to uh, quote what, what I thought was a Bible verse, but it was her version of a Bible verse. It's truth, nonetheless. It says, be bold and mighty forces will come to your aid. And I remember when I came back to God, I, I searched the Bible, even different versions for that version. But the truth is this. That if we are bold, there's heaven that stands behind us. If we are courageous, there's heaven that stands behind us. We are called, as we get, give our lives to Jesus, we are called to make a difference in wherever God has placed us. Some of you have big, okay, there's no different size calling, but some of you are going to change nations. Some of you are going to change schools. Some of you are going to change, be the agent of change for one person. All means the same, because we all have a calling under God. I want to talk just quickly about calling, because sometimes it's this out there, strange thing that we have to get some prophetic dude that comes and says, Ryan, you're going to be the next president of America, um, which is not going to happen on, on many levels. But... Um, <laughs> No, no, you could do it. Anyone's better than Trump, amen? Um, sorry. I actually have no liberty to talk about America. I called you Nadine, sorry. Anyway. If I had to sit down with every single one of you and say, what is the dream for your life? I doubt any of you would come to me and say, it's to be ordinary. I just, you know what, I just want to get by in life I want to have a little bit of money saved, and if I do, that's great. If I don't, whatever, you know? I doubt if I had to go sit with every single one of you, there would be some kind of dream in your heart. And I think sometimes life batters our dreams away. I remember when I was a kid, up to five, six, seven years old, you're living with this dream inside of you. Like, I can do anything. That's why Jesus says we have to approach him like little children because we, we come to him and we say, actually, we come back to that place of, of dreaming again, of, of believing that God can do the impossible through me. And if I had to tell you that I would be preaching to people 12, 15 years ago in high school, I would have laughed at you. But God does something in our hearts. He, he qualifies the call. He calls us first, then he molds us, he shapes us, and he makes us the leaders that he's called us to be. And my, my, my heart's cry is that out of this leadership lead series is that we have a whole bunch of people who say, I'm not going to be apathetic anymore. I love this verse for the trainers out there. Okay, there's quite a few of you. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both this present life and the life to come. So you're cool. you can work out. It's good. It's good to keep fit, body, mind, everything. But it's of some value because there's, there's godliness, which is value for all things. And you know, guys who train, let's take a Jandre and a Collis because they're pretty beefy. Um, they, they work to get gains. Check my gains, you know, like once they've kind of worked out and they're like, take, not these guys, but a lot of the other guys that take photos of themselves and kind of show the progression. And I think kind of just uh, to use that as an illustration, we as believers, there should be a progress in our lives. From, because we're actually committing ourselves to spiritual growth. 
We want to, I, I, want, to, I want to change the world. I want, to be, I, want to, I want to see the world change. I want to not just send a little bit of money here and there and, and send a team there. I want to, I want to be part of the, 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 sorry, part of the group of people that change the world. And I realize this, is that God starts to work on my heart first. And I think Ryan is going to be talking a little bit next week about leading from the inside out. Am I right? Self-leadership is the first, the first place. You can't think of leading anyone else until you've led yourself. And... Um, 1 Timothy 4.15 says, Practice these things. Immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. The world needs... Le- uh, uh, just this cool quote. Let me just find it for you. In a world of flame, the voice of the church has sunk to a pathetic whisper. I want to be part of the generation that sees this city change, that sees this, the world change, that sees uh, ascending people to nations and lit, like, like a German penny, but it's going to be way much more. There's going to be church planters that are going to be raised out of this place. We're going to see thousands of people saved. This is, this, is, this is the call and the DNA that is on us and on this church and therefore on you. There's a guy called Dr. John Getty. He went to the Anatium, I don't know if I'm saying that right, Islands, and uh, that's kind of uh, by Vanu, what's that surfing place in the Pacific Island, Vanuatu? Huh? Anyway, kind of in the Pacific Islands, this guy went there and there was a, qu- a quote on his kind of memorial stone on that island. So he went there in the 1800s, he stayed, in, he stayed there for 24 years and it says this, when he landed in 1848, there were no Christians. When he left in 1872, there were no heathen. Amazing. You had a man that set his face like flint to say, I'm not going to just go to another nation for my own gain. I'm going there to convert souls. And for, if you look, there's been massive revivals that have come out of those, those, those Pacific islands where the whole nations are Christian and, and started with men and women who were willing to sacrifice. I read stories of, of Hudson Taylor. Who's heard of Hudson Taylor? China Inland Mission. It's like somehow we think... That when we become children of God, we, we're immune to like trouble and, and tough times. He had kids die. He had wives die. He, uh, he, he lost all his money on, on many occasions. They set up the China Inland Mission, not with missionary support back from England, but they said they went out in prayer and they trusted God. That is how they went out. And you had this man who eventually the, the missionaries were kicked out of China, I think 50, 60 years ago. But he, but he left the seedbed of revival. I think at its heart, there, he had seen 18,000 conversions of Chinese people, which is incredible. He used to, um, he used to uh, kind of cut and shave his head in, in that old style, where, you know, where they kind of shave that far and they got a little pony at the back. He used to do that because he wanted to be relevant to the Chinese people. He wanted to save them. If you look now, the Chinese church is in utter revival. There's thousands upon thousands getting saved. I watched some documentary on, on the, the Chinese underground church. And I think when the church is persecuted and, and looked down upon, is that when the church is the most powerful. And there's thousands getting saved to the point where there's, there's such a need for leaders. There's 14, 15-year-old guys and girls leading churches of thousands because God is doing something. Because it took one man that did not give up on a nation. Uh, William Carey, another guy, went to India, started many, many stations, saw thousands upon thousands of people saved, built the infrastructure in India, changed the nation, was a nation builder. Incredible things. That's what God has called us to do. We are the called out ones. The word for the church 
must remember is not a place, it's a people. It's a, it's a Greek word, ecclesia, ecclesia, whatever you want to call it. It means we are called out from where we are. We are called out to look different. It means we do things different. We operate differently. That's why a lot of the Bible speaks about our character. It speaks about who we are. It speaks about our interaction with one another because Paul knew, Jesus knew that we had to look different. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And I want to say this. If you, if you feel like there's some kind of call on your life, start serving. You change the world by making coffee. You change the world by cleaning up on a Friday. God will promote you in His time, but you just say this, I'm willing to do anything it takes to see the kingdom of God advance. I, I want to actually honor a couple, um, Henrik and Danny, which I think they're in kids' ministry. But they live in Abu Dhabi. They're here every week before I arrive, which is generally quite early. I think they arrive at about 8, 8.30. They're here with their kids. They're serving. They're throwing themselves into the local church. And I know that they would not look for this, want this, or want any kind of praise. That's, and I'm actually kind of glad that they're probably doing different stuff. But just really have just thrown themselves completely and utterly to serve the people of God, even to not be seen. And I think God promotes people like that. He promotes people who just throw themselves in. I will do whatever it takes. That's all I've ever known about being part of a local church. That whatever I do, whether it's playing guitar or playing bass or welcoming at the door, cleaning and vacuuming afterwards, it matters just as much as someone who gets up and preaches. There is no difference in in God's eyes. It's about us being faithful to that thing. God has always co-labored with us, and He's always called a man and a woman. I don't have time to go through all of those scriptures. Can we just do the 2 Chronicles 16.9, please? The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to give strong support to those whose hearts are blameless towards Him. And many translations says that hearts are wholly His. God's eyes are looking across the earth to you and me and say, is my heart after you? Is my heart after the king? Am I willing to lay down? Am I, am I actually willing to, to, to take the, the massive step of discipleship and say, do you know what? It's going to cost me everything, but I want to see the kingdom of God advance in this place. Can we turn to 1 Samuel 14? I want to just talk about a man of courage and a man of leadership. And I think uh, 1 Samuel 14, if you've got your Bibles, reading out of the ESV, I want to take you on a journey of Jonathan. Now, Jonathan, for me, is an amazing dude in the Bible. He was Saul's son, in many ways the rightful heir to the throne. Uh, Saul was the first king of Israel. He, wasn't, he, he started out well, although he was a very reluctant, insecure leader. He would hide. When, when he was called, he would kind of hide away. And uh, so God called him out, put boldness in him, and, uh, and used him to actually to be a, a great king for a, a certain period of time. But then he, the, through insecurity, through not trusting God, through not wholeheartedly following after God, the kingdom gets taken away. And, and then the Samuel the prophet comes up to him and says, I've actually given the kingdom away to someone else, that, that God has given the kingdom to someone else, a man after God's own heart, which we know is David. Now Jonathan was the son, the rightful heir to the throne. And I love reading the story because he could have easily fought for the throne, but he never 
he knew that David ultimately was the anointed king. So he faithfully served his father, even if his father wasn't a great leader. His fa- I think we're going to get to heaven, and you're going to see Jonathan in heaven, and there's going to be great like reward. And I'd just love to meet him, because I think he's one of these humble characters that have just laid down something that could have and should have been his for something greater. So there was this moment, this is before David was on the scene. 1 Samuel 14, 1. It says, One day, Jonathan, the son of Saul said to the young man who carried his armor, come, let us go over to the Philistine garrison on the other side. So for me, uh, a call of God starts with a vision. It starts with something that if you look at the preceding verses, the Philistines had kind of taken over Israel. They, they, they got to a point where they only had two swords in their whole army. They were taking forks and plowshares and they were trying to sharpen them. And they had nothing. The, the Israel army had nothing. The Philistine army had nothing. Saul was sitting in a pom- under a pomegranate tree. They were hiding in caves. They were, they, were, they, were, they were worried and they were scared. And it took one man to say, let us go to the Philist- Philistine garrison on the other side. Verse 4. Within the passes by which Jonathan sought to go over to the Philistine garrison, there was a rocky crag on the one side, a rocky crag on the other side. The name of one of, the, uh, one of these was Bozes, and the name was Saneh. The crag, uh, so crag is such a weird word. Anyway, the one crag rose uh, on the north in front, of the, in front of Michmash, and the other on the south of Geba. So basically it's this. It's like not only did he want to go and fight the Philistines, there was opposition in the way. So he had to find a way through that. Then verse 6, it says, Jonathan said to the young man who carried his armor, Come, let us go to the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for nothing can hinder the Lord from saving by many of you. Then the armor bearers, and his armor bearers said to him, Do that is all in your heart. Behold, I'm with you, heart and soul. So, Here's the thing, Jonathan had this idea, and at that moment, was it a God idea? We're not sure, because we're going to read later where it's not actually sure if it's a God idea or not. But you had this great picture of followership, where the armor bearer says, listen, I don't care what happens, I trust you, I'm with you heart and soul. And one of the points that I'm going to mention later is that in order to be a good leader, we have to be a good follower. If you don't have a vision right now to, I'm going to go change the world, I'm going to do this, get behind someone else's vision who has that vision. Throw yourself behind it. Let's make this thing massive and huge and change the world. Okay. Uh, where were we? Do all that is in your heart, do as you wish. Behold, I'm with your heart and soul. Then Jonathan said, Behold, we will cross over to other men. And we will show ourselves to them. This is kind of their battle strategy. If they say to us, Wait until we come to you, then we will stand in our place and we will not go up to them. But if they say, come up to us, then we'll go up, and the Lord has given them into our hand. That is the strangest battle strategy I've ever heard. If if they say, if they run to us, then we run away. If they say, come to us, let's fight. And we don't even, they don't even know what, how many people on the other side. Um, So both of them showed themselves to the garrison of the Philistines, and the Philistines said, look, the Hebrews are coming out of the holes uh, where they've hidden themselves. And the men of the garrison hailed Jonathan and his armor bearer and said, Come up to us, we will show you a thing. Um, in my pre-Jesus days, I used to go to a little club in Durban. And uh, it, was, it was meant to be an over-18 club, but it, uh, everyone else was under 18. I remember even seeing like a 13, 14-year-old there. And there was always fights that came, and it was generally like the guys. So we were all like 16, 17 around there. 
But then there was, there's always the 19 and 20 year old that's like, dude, you're just too old for this place, you know? And those would be the ones that would always try to start the fights. And it would be like the rugby teams versus rugby teams. And it was always that kind of thing. Come over here. We're going to show you something. Anyway, that's a little side story for you guys. Um, then Jonathan climbed hand and feet and his armor bearer after him. And they fell before Jonathan. This is the enemy. And his armor bearer killed them. And that first track which Jonathan and his armor bearer made killed about 20 men within half a furrow's length of an acre of land. And there was panic in the camp, listen to this, in the field and among all the people, the garrison and even the raiders, which people outside the garrison, the earth quaked and it became, there became a great panic. It took one man's boldness. It took one man's vision to say, listen, I know that God is for us. We're the people of Israel. We can say that as Christians, that let's just have a go. Let's Let's look, and, let's look at the city and say, okay, well, what can we do to improve the poor in the city? Let's just have a go, whether, whether God has said or not. And I think most of the time God's going to go, cool, if you're being bold, I'm going to be with you. And, I've, and if it's big decisions, obviously hear God. But here's, here's Jonathan going, listen, it could be. It could be that God's with us or is not, but we're going to give it a go anyway. Anyway, we see that, that history tells us that they actually killed these Philistine men, that there was panic across the whole enemy camp. And I think when we stand up as men and women and we make a stand for Jesus and we be bold, there's panic that sets into the enemy's camp. And we've seen it in our lives. When we stood up to plant this church, there's, uh, if you don't believe in spiritual warfare, just go try plant a church and you'll realize that there's many things against you that don't want you to succeed. And I know that, that through Jesus, we've obviously overcome that and we have to take a journey in that. But when, when you do something that counts for Jesus, you're going to get opposition. It's why before you were a Christian, things were going great. When you became a Christian, you became a target. Things got more tough. God has called us to be more than overcomers, not just give up. And I think we're living in a time when, when the Bible says there's going to be a great fall away. And I've seen it amongst friends. I've seen it amongst people who were faithfully serving God. They've fallen away because it became too difficult and they never pushed through. Jonathan pushed through. He saw the opposition. He could have given up when he saw the rocky crack. He could have said, it's too difficult to get to them. Is that a sign from the Lord? And a lot of us do that. We're like, okay, God may have said something. I've got this urgency. But then there's one bit of opposition. And then we give up the whole story. Where Jonathan kept going. And he kept going. And he kept going. And he kept going. And I think as Christians and as followers of Jesus, when the Bible says that we are more than conquerors, it means that we conquer and there's some. God has called us to, to step into new realms in Him and to step forward in Him and to change things and to push back darkness. But so often we, we, we get afraid, we, we back down, we become tortoises and we get into our shell and we retreat just at the moment when God is going to bring the breakthrough. Let us not be that. If things are getting tough in your life today or have been, it's because the darkness is being disturbed and it's fleeing. It's because Jesus is taking his rightful place. His lordship is being extended in different areas of your life. Keep pushing through. Be bold. And I love this. Verse 20. It says, Then Saul and all the people who were with him rallied and went into battle. The amazing thing, it takes one man. 
to stand up, one woman to stand up. And uh, Billy Graham says that it takes one man of courage to stand up and the rest, everyone else's spines are stiffened because they've seen one man stand up in a time of crisis and people follow. There's an amazing, I watched, uh, I follow Billy Graham on Facebook and different social media and there was, I think it was the 1980 or 70s, there was bombings in Oklahoma and um, one of the first kind of terrorist bombings that had really ever happened in the world and uh, the amazing thing is, it's amazing to see how the world has completely changed. In that time of trouble where there's uncertainty and we didn't know what it was about, they didn't call a president, they didn't call all the religious leaders together, they called Billy Graham. And he stands up and he just preaches the most powerful message about why suffering is not from God. And he brings peace to a nation. And I can tell you in that moment, you have this man, that uh, Billy Graham, who's raised up by God, who saw millions of people saved, is that he stood up. And everyone else followed because there was a strength and a courage. And, it, and he led a nation out of mourning and out of pain and out of question into a place of victory. We need to be like that. We need to be like Jonathan. And behold, every Philistine sword was against his fellow, and there was very great confusion. So basically, this, this bold Jonathan stood up, and that's when my mom's little semi-Bible verse comes into play. Be bold and mighty forces will come to your aid. Be bold. Stand up. Do something that counts. For every single one of us, it, it, may mean, it may mean a varied amount of things. It may mean I, God's been urging me to talk to my colleague about Jesus. Give me boldness, Jesus. Give me boldness to stand up to that. There may be someone who has cancer in your workplace. You're like, I should pray for them. I know God heals. I've been taught it in church. There's been some great stories, but I'm not bold enough. Boldness doesn't come before the act. It comes during the act. Which once you step out in that. Now the Hebrews had been with the Philistines before that time and had gone uh, with them into the enemy camp. They also turned to be with the Israelites who were with Saul and Jonathan. Likewise, the men of Israel who had hidden themselves in the hill country of Ephraim heard that the Philistines were fleeing. They too followed hard after them in battle. And it's amazing when one person stands up, it even takes those who were in the enemy's camp back into God's camp. It takes those who are hiding. And, and we all know people, and I've been in church long enough to know that there's people who, who don't want, they, they're like, I know I should do this. I know I should pay the, the price of sacrifice, of discipleship, and it's going to cost me everything, but I'm not doing it yet. I'm going to wait a little bit. I'm going to wait till I've got a bit of money saved. I'm going to wait until my kids are out of school. I'm going to wait. Wait's, your, your life's going to pass you by. We need to be men and women of boldness who stand up and lead and be strong. I had a whole bunch of points that I wanted to get through, but I think, can we stand to our feet? I think I've done all that I need to for today. Can we, it just helps if we have some piano playing. I know we don't want to kind of create the vibe unnecessarily, but it really does help because I feel God wants us to respond. I believe, and I said this at the beginning of the preach, that there's spiritual giants that God is raising up in this house. Johnny, you are naturally a giant. Um, but I, I've just seen God just working so strongly on your life. And, uh, and I really feel like there's, there's been such a rooting. Andy brought a, a word at the prayer meeting just about our city lights is now rooted. And we're now established. And I feel like God has been, he's been rooting you strongly. And uh, there's a strength that, that has just been rising up. And, and, and I think Starl even said it. She says, I can see that there's like light coming out of Johnny's eyes. And I, dude, I, I want to commend you just for pushing through. 
through tough times. And uh, God's, God's got such a call on you and Suzanne. Like Stana and even the elders, we talk about it all the time. So, Father, we, I pray, Lord God, that we would rise up into what you've called us to do. God, we would be like Jonathan. We would be like the Hudson Taylors. We would be like William Carey. We would be these men and women who say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand up, count the cost, fight the battle. And I think sometimes the enemy distracts us in our day-to-day lives. We get sucked into the Dubai lifestyle. We get sucked into, and we never learn to reign in life. We never learn to take reign of our own, uh, the reins of our hearts and I feel God wants to release something today. He wants to release just a, a fresh perspective of Him, but also like a fresh vision for other people's lives. Just while everyone's eyes are closed, I want to, if you, if you feel like anything stirred you today, especially around standing up to the call of God, to, to boldness, to... Repeat what God said the other day to saying yes to God. Do you want to just raise your hand? You may have done this a hundred or a thousand times. But God, you see the hands that are raised. Lord God, let us be a people that know the cost but run at the future that you've called us to. Let us not give up before the finish line. Before that moment of breakthrough, let us not give up. Let the enemy not come and rob. John 10.10 10 says that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but God comes to bring life and life abundantly. God, you're calling us into an abundant life. You're calling us into greater things, greater things in you, Father. Can you just begin to ask God now, if that is you, just say, God, I really need you to just ignite something in my heart. Maybe some of you have felt that you've gone through a period in your life where you've been far from God or, or it's just been tough. God wants to reignite the flame this morning. Holy Spirit, would you come and minister to our hearts right now, Jesus? Jesus.